Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. In the third week of a series we've called Aloha's. And uh, those of y'all who are familiar with uh, the Hawaiian language, they use aloha to say hello and goodbye. And when I looked at this, this was a, a very rich, rich word. Um, it doesn't actually mean hello or goodbye. It means grace and peace and mercy and compassion. And it's a very rich word. And so as we're looking at the beginnings and the endings, the openings and the closings, the hellos and goodbyes, the alohas of the epistles, uh, which are the letters written in the New Testament, um, we see a lot of truth that's in those moments, and so if you're tracking along with us, um, then here is this truth, that the hellos and the goodbyes of the epistles help us to embrace all that God has for us. It help us to embrace all God has for us, and we've been using, and it happened to work, um, that the subject matter that's dealt with has a fairly commonly understood Hawaiian word. I did not know that. I, I like the aloha as a title, and I didn't realize I'd get to use other Hawaiian words as as not as a titles of each message. And so, but the word mahalo, if you've been to the island, um, they that means thank you. And so mahalo means thank you in Hawaiian. And as we look at this. Um, the openings and closings of the epistles, we see this concept of gratitude for relationship, of thanks for relationships and the people in our lives show up over and over and over again. In fact, it shows up seven times out of the, the letters that are written to the churches and to the regions in the New Testament, seven times it says we're th- we thank God for you, we're thankful for our relationship with you. In fact, let's go ahead and grab one of these. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. When your face comes to my brain, I'm thankful. Every time I remember you, I am thankful for you. As he sits down and begins to to think about the the people there at the church of Philippi, he begins to kind of get the framework going. Is is he sitting there and writing? Some of his letters are dictated. And so somebody else writes on his behalf and he dictates it out. But he is thinking. The first thing he thinks is, I, I think of the people of Philippi. And man, I'm just grateful. I thank God every time... I remember you. First Thessalonians. We're going to go back to First Thessalonians a couple of times. So notice here in First Thessalonians 1 verse 2. It says, we always thank God for you and continually mention you in our prayers. We, we're, we're thinking all the time. And so this thing of gratitude, it needs to be showing up. It needs to be obvious. It needs to be expressed. And so many times it doesn't show up. Until it's kind of called for. We don't always express gratitude as a culture and as a people as much as we should. And I'm reminded of some of this in one of my favorite childhood games. I've shared with you all lots of times that I'm not athletic. I don't have a lot of eye-hand coordination. And so I was not trying to do all of the organized pickup basketball games in my neighborhood or 
or football games. And so I'd play them. I'd be a part. But that's not what I was trying to organize. That's not what I was trying to get going because I wasn't going to shine at that. But if I was going to put together something with the neighborhood kids, um, then I wanted to play um, hide and seek. Hide and seek does not require a lot of eye-hand coordination. Um, there's no ball involved, and so you don't have to hit anything or catch anything. And so it was a game I could do. And so I was able to, to, to make this game happen. And my favorite hide and seek was, was hide and seek in the dark. And so because there were lots of extra little nooks and crannies to be able to hide in, little places where the shadows made it extra dark. And I love to play hide and seek in the dark and everybody get together and you figure out how long you're going to count and and you 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 go and you hide um but i had and i don't think i'm the only person that had this issue um you, you i'd love to i'd go and find my perfect hiding spot go and get in there and get all crouched down and get into to my spot and as soon as i was good and still and waiting for the game to unfold um then immediately my bladder started talking to me. And I had to go to the restroom. I was like, I did not have to go to the restroom 45 seconds ago. But now that I found the best hiding spot on the planet, and I get here and I'm tucked away, then now I've got to go to the restroom and then have to call out a timeout or try to sneak in, take care of business, and then get back to, to the spot. And be able to do that. It was just ruined. It just messed it up. And I've noticed. This is a little side note for you. Just in your relationship with God. I've noticed. That um, in hearing from the Holy Spirit. And the direction of the Holy Spirit. And God speaking to our hearts. Um, that it's a, it's a lot like our bladder. So. Is, is that you notice that God trying to get your attention. In dire emergency. Um, we all notice when our bladder's talking to us. In a dire emergency. Or. And like when you're playing hide-and-seek and you get good and quiet. And so and you get still before, and then all of a sudden you notice it. And the Holy Spirit is a lot like that. We tend to notice God speak when there's like something's about to just go off the rails and maybe God's trying to get our attention, or when we quiet ourselves before Him. And the truth is, in this area of expressing gratitude and appreciation in our relationships, um, it tends to be that same way, is, is that we forget to say thank you, we forget to let the person know how much they mean to us, how much we appreciate them, unless things are about to go off the rails. It's a dire emergency. There's been a blow up in the relationship. There's been tension in the relationship. Where, oh my goodness, oh, no, no, I love you, I appreciate you, you're amazing, you mean the world to me. I, I'm so thankful, I don't know what I would do without you. And then all of a sudden in that emergency, or when we quiet ourselves, and we just begin to think about that person and spend time thinking about what that person means to us and our life and, and how things go. And, and we don't want to wait. We don't want to wait until there's an emergency in a relationship to express appreciation. To just say that we're thankful for that, for that person being in our lives. And so we, we should be grateful for the people God has put in our lives and let it show. Let it show. That's what these alohas are revealing to us. It's the first thing, one of the first rattles out of the box. And, and yes, he talks about grace and peace. 
Paul does in all 13 of his letters. And reminding us that we're a family, that this thing isn't about a, a religious institution or some sort of religious movement that we're adherents of. We're a family, that he is our father and we should connect with one another and use this, these phrases of brothers and sisters in Christ and this family language because God's putting together a family, not, a, not, a, not an army, not any of things that we're a family. And that is what he has called us to. And we need to make sure that we let this expression show. One of my favorite <coughs> um, stories of this, my pastor used years and years ago about a, a couple who'd been married for decades. They'd been married for decades. And finally, the wife had just had enough. It was breakfast. She was upset. There's her husband reading the paper, having his coffee again, and it's just quiet between them, and she just breaks the silence, and she's just like, I'm done. I've had enough. She said, why do you not ever tell me you love me? You've not told me you love me in years. We sit here, we do life together, all this stuff, and you never say that you love me. And he puts his paper down, he puts his coffee down, and he says, well, I told you that I loved you when we got married, and if I changed my mind, I'd tell you that too. <laughs> it's not enough to have expressed it at some point and say that just needs to kind of carry on. And if somebody carries out the trash in the household, you can't say, man, I appreciate it when you carry out the trash. Now just know from every time on when you carry out the trash, I'm like, yeah, you're awesome. Just know it. No, we need to be able to express it. Let's go back to um, and get into to Thessalonians. This time we're going to look at 2 Thessalonians 1.3. It says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. The love everyone has for each other is increasing. We ought to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, we ought to. We ought to be doing this. This is the right thing to be doing. And if we'll take a little minute, maybe kind of read between the lines here a little bit, that we see some of the language that Paul is using. And he says, because your faith is growing more and more. Now, they've got faith, and it's growing, but maybe, maybe their faith isn't where it needs to be. But he sees that it's growing. Maybe it's not where it needs to be, but it's on a growth trajectory. And he's like, man, we're, we're grateful for this. this. This is amazing. He says, and that the love that you have for each other is, is increasing. Well, maybe the love that they have isn't what it should be. But he sees that it's increasing. So many times, especially in our closest relationships, we do not celebrate the, the growth that we are having, we wait until they get it all the way where it should be and then say, okay, now there you go. Now you're loving me correctly. Now I feel appreciated. Now you're doing this. Now you're treating me right. But when they make one little change, we're used to they, they spent the whole day just being a selfish jerk and then they took a, a three-minute moment and did something a little bit selfless and then we're a selfish jerk the rest of the day. We don't celebrate the three minutes and go, man, I really appreciate that. That was amazing. Um, the rest of the day, not so much. But that, that, was, that was awesome. And we need to celebrate those moments. So many times we, we want to wait and say thank you when it's all done. Say I appreciate you when it's all rolled out and they've done everything 
But we need to celebrate the moments that the right trajectory, I see that you're trying, I see your intent, I see you're putting energy into this. And man, I appreciate the energy, I appreciate the thought, I appreciate those different things. And this is so incredibly vital. Romans chapter 1 verse 8 says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. First thing, first rattle out of the box is I thank my God for you. See, when it comes to being grateful for the people in our lives, too much is not enough. We tend to think, oh, I don't want to overdo it. Try. Go for it. See if it could be done. Just do an experiment this week and just try to just be too, too appreciative of the people in your life. If you're an employer, be too appreciative of the people that work under you. If you have a boss, be too appreciative of the person who helps make sure you get a paycheck and some of the things that need to take place in your life get taken care of. Try being too appreciative. I'm telling you, too much is not enough. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians. Remember, he opened up in chapter 1 with this place of appreciation. He says, and now we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. He says, we thank God continually. He already said thank you. So it wasn't like just a little platitude, a little throw it out there. And I'm going to open up the letter and say, oh, I thank God for you. And now I'm going to move on to stuff. No, this thankfulness, just, it just keeps popping up. It just keeps popping up in this letter to the, Thessalon- to the Thessalonians. There in chapter, he said, uh, he's thankful. Let's get into chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 9, it says, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you. So he already said we thank God continually in chapter 2. Now in chapter 3, he said, how can we thank God enough? So here it is. It's continually. Or how can we do it enough? Obviously, continually still isn't enough. You and I need to be showing appreciation to one another on a regular basis, Cutie and I got to celebrate 25 years in ministry together this past March. 25 years. And so, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. And over those years, we've done a lot of relationship, marriage counseling. We've sat down with lots and, co- lots, and lots and lots of couples through those years. And here's one we've, a request we've never ever had. We've never had the phone ring, say, hey, Pastor Brandon, Krista, can y'all meet with us? We, 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 we've got to meet with you. All right, we get together, we, get, we find a little quiet spot, a little private spot, we sit down and say, hey, what's going on? And the husband says, Pastor Brandon, um, you know, I, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm done. I have had it. This lady will not stop appreciating me. <laughs> she just won't. She just appreciates me all the time. She tells me thank you. She leaves me little notes. She sends me these little te- texts all the time. I'm just done. She just needs to stop it. I've had enough. She just lets me know how amazing I am. I know I'm pretty good, but she just tells me I'm a superman. She tells me I can do everything, that I'm the smartest man ever. She tells me all these things all the time, and I just, you just need to tell her to calm down. 
And that's why we're here. Fix it. <laughs> fix it, Pastor. And I've had some other conversations. And I've had some fix it moments. But they were on the other end of the line. They were the other end of the scale of appreciation. They were on the end that says, you know what? I, I do everything I can. It seems like it's never enough. It seems like it's never enough. I can't please this person. I, 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 I don't even know that they even are aware of what I try to do for and, 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 and to them to help their, their lives to be better. And it's the lack of appreciation that ends up not over. It just doesn't happen. I've never, ever seen it. 2 Timothy 1.3 says, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I continually remember you in my prayers. See, folks, this thankfulness should move us to pray for each other. To pray for each other. Pray for your friends. Pray for your, the people that you love. Pray for your family. Again, pray for spouses. And it's not that prayer. It's not that prayer where you go, Lord, you better fix this woman. Lord, I, I don't even know what to do and where to start. Lord, you know. You see what's wrong. We, 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 we see it, Lord. She don't. And so, and, and it's not that prayer. It is the prayer where you're like, Lord, I, I'm so grateful. Lord, I'm so thankful that this person is still in my life. You know what? Maybe the relationship isn't where it needs to be. Maybe not. Maybe we need to get back to just looking for some sort of trajectory to be thankful for. Some sort of forward movement to be thankful for. Maybe it's that way with someone who's been in your life as a best friend for a long time. And your, your friendship is on rocky ground. And, and it's, been, it's been challenged on some places. But as we come back and we're, and we're thankful. Especially those who've been married for any length of time. You have given them reason to not be there anymore. You have. If you're still together, it is, it is because there's an amazing act of grace that's taken place. And maybe you didn't break your vows. Maybe you didn't do all that. But I'm telling you, um, you've been hard to live with. I promise it. We all are. And if you're still together and you're still moving forward and you still do, man, just saying thank you for that. God, thank you. We're still together. Thank you for that. And, and letting that begin to be this basis of a place of gratitude that things can begin to grow. In fact, when you take a little self-check, and I, I don't do this a whole lot, and I don't want there to be any kind of condemnation whatsoever, no weightiness, but let's just think a second. Think, when was the last time? When was the last time that you just simply thanked God for some person being in your life. When were you thankful? I'm, I'm, thank, I'm glad you pray about your needs. I'm glad you do that. I'm glad you pray about world problems. That's awesome. We need to address that. We need to be, have our prayer requests be bigger than our, our little circle. But when was the last time that your prayer was just being thankful that God put somebody in your life? Spouse, family, a friend. Somebody just being thankful. And so we that and also we see over and over and over again Paul's thankfulness popped out in prayer. 
His thankfulness, it just erupted into prayer. That's what it turned into. I'm so thankful. I've just got to say thank you, God. I've just got to turn it into prayer. And there's no pressure. No, but let's just, let's just think about this. Let's just, let's just grow a little bit of this together. Ephesians 1.16 says, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Colossians 1.3 says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. He does it in 1 Corinthians 1.4 and 1 Thessalonians 1.2 and 2 Timothy 1.3 and Philemon 1.4. It just keeps showing up and showing up and showing up. This thankfulness connected to prayer. That we need to make sure we stay connected there. And the truth is, is that love will keep us thankful even when others don't treat us quite right. Even when people aren't being appreciative of us, love will help us to be appreciative of them. Even when it seems like the flow of appreciation is one way, love will keep things connected right. First Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. We tend to take that little phrase and say the love of God covers over a multitude of sin. No, let's look at what he's saying. He said love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. Why? Because if we're going to do life together, we're going to end up hurting each other. Folks, I, I'm not fully who God wants me to be. And my rough edges are going to bump your rough edges and we're going to hurt each other every once in a while. It's going to happen. And yours are going to hurt me every once in a while. It's going to happen. And so we've got to love each other deeply because love begins to be the, the ointment that gets to, helps to bring healing to that quickly and helps us to be able to do life together. It covers a multitude of sin. It didn't say a sin every once in a while. It says a multitude. You and I need to love one another deeply to be able to do life together because it, it deals with these offenses offer hospitality to one another without grumbling here, here you go you want some food i'm gonna fed you you happy with that no do it without grumbling each one of you should use whatever gift he is received to serve others faithfully administering god's grace in its various forms and the last thing we want to look at is the to purpose to speak and appreciate, um, speak love and appreciate, appreciation in ways that the other person understands. You have to understand it. I told a lot of stories about my grandfather, my papa, and um, when uh, he was a young guy, he started work at a really early age, and so he uh, um, did uh, all sorts of farm work. His whole family did. They would even move around and, and migrate some uh, to be able to to pick um, cotton and do work on different farms. They lived in a chicken coop for a little while, had to, to sweep out a chicken coop for a little while and live in that. And, and he just worked hard. My grandfather worked hard um, from an early age and, uh, until he retired. And, um, and so in that, you know, he did a lot of hard work, farm work, and, and there was one time he got to be able to, to be blessed and be able to actually work on a tractor, be like be on the back of a tractor instead of having to be out doing it by hand, and my grandfather was a, had a great singing voice. I was not blessed with that, and so he had a great singing voice and always did sing, sing in all the church choirs and all that, and he would sing while he worked all the time. So it was a normal thing for Joe Dean to be out singing in the fields. One day he was on this tractor. There was a chain sitting there on the, the floorboard of the tractor, and somehow happens 
One part of the chain gets wrapped around his foot. Another part of the chain falls off, gets wrapped around the axle of the tractor. He's going along, and it starts to pull, and he, he thinks it's going to pop his foot off, and it's just pulling. It's hurting. He, he's able to stop the tractor, but he's in an awkward angle, an awkward deal, and he needs help to be able to come and shut everything down and get it unwrapped. And he's out in the field, and he's with an earshot of the house, but he's out there, and so he starts screaming. He starts screaming for help. And so, and up at the house, they hear him. But from the distance and the tractor rumbling and all that stuff, they think he's singing. And so they're just letting him be out there. And he's screaming his head off and wondering why nobody is coming to help him. And, you know, and even maybe see somebody off on the porch. <laughs> you know, he's just singing out there. And so, and, and finally, he, the tractor didn't make any movement for a long time. And so somebody went out there to, to probably get onto him while he was loafing or something and realized that he was in pain, that he'd been screaming in pain the whole time. And everybody else just thought he was hunky-dory, just fine, just singing away. And he was trying to communicate need for help, but nobody on the other end was getting it. And in this area of love and appreciation, just because a certain thing works for you doesn't mean it works for the people closest to you. It doesn't mean. In fact, we're going to look at the five love languages here in a minute. But let's look at 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 20. This is Paul writing. He says, To the Jews I became like a Jew. To win the Jews, to those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, um, so that as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. He understood that to be able to communicate to people, you had to, you had to get through to them on what they were listening to and, and to communicate in a way that they would receive it. To a way that they would see, receive it and being able to receive that appreciation is so important. In Japan, there's a, a system to teach uh, kids and, and grow them up as amazing violinists. And this has been proven over and over and over again. It's the Suzuki method. And uh, so by Mr. Suzuki came up with it. And so um, they start them when they're three and four years old. Start them real little. And they'll get them their little violins. And the very first things they teach them, they teach them two things straight off the bat. They teach them how to, how to stand. They teach them the proper, proper posture. You've got to have a good foundation. You've got to be able to do it and how, how to stand and, and to, to hold the violin. And the second thing they teach them, haven't taught them how to make a note, how to play a song, how to tune it, nothing. The second thing they teach them after having a solid foundation is how to bow. It's the second thing they teach these little three and four-year-olds how to do it. And Mr. Suzuki understood this. That the, that the people in that culture, they knew that unless the, the, the one playing, the artist, had not bowed, it wasn't over. And so he wanted them to know that as soon as they had finished, they bowed, which then triggered mom and dad and aunts and uncles and anybody else to applause and give some appreciation that these three and four-year-olds, if they were going to stay with it, if they were going to chart the course and become violinists, the first thing they need to be able to do is be able to get that appreciation, to get that encouragement. So they learned the foundation 
and how to bow, which triggered everybody to say, oh, good job. I'm so proud of you. Keep trying. Keep going at it. Keep doing it. And folks, you and I, we need that. We need that. And there's not enough appreciation triggers in the day. We don't sit there and, and you know, if, come in. And if I carry out the garbage and clean up the living room and I you know, stand there and go, ta-da, babe. Um, I'm not sure she would give me a standing ovation. I don't think that's the way that would go. And so, but she does appreciate whenever I do a little extra things or I do something else or I notice her car's on empty and fill it up for her and do these little moments. And she appreciates those things. But we don't have appreciation triggers and we need it. So we need to be conscious of this. And so you'll see in your, the links provided there in, in your notes or in your YouVersion app, um, there's a place to, uh, to learn about the five love languages. Um, and there's a place where you can take the assessments. If you're married, do the one for, for couples. Um, if you're single, do the one for singles. You, you also can have your teens and your children uh, take them so you can understand those and be able to connect with it. And I highly encourage you to understand the love languages of the people who are closest to you. Uh, Cutie and I were married for eight years before we even understood the concepts of love languages. And then when we took the assessment and we realized we were polar opposites, it's like, no wonder. I, okay, we've been totally missing this. And I've been showing appreciation to her, and she's been showing love and appreciation to me, and, and we've just been missing. And so uh, on this acts of service, um, neither one of us are high on that. Uh, the dishes are the dishes. I mean, that's not love. And so for us, they're just a chore that has to be done. But in some with some people doing the dishes or taking, do, helping them do something, that just screams love. It screams it. And if somebody in your life is high on acts of service, you need to be aware of it and do the acts of service. Saying, hey, I love you. You're awesome. Isn't going to fill the love tank. You're going to have to get up and do something. Do an act of service. Acts of service. Words of encouragement. That's my number one. Words of encouragement. And so that goes real high. Well, that was Cutie's lowest. She's like, talks cheap. And like, whatever, words. And I'm like, man, just tell me I'm awesome. Tell me I'm your Superman. I'm good, you know. I, I, my name for her is a word of encouragement. I call her Cutie. It's like every time I re refer to her, it's like I'm throwing love at her. But it's not the same. I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to express it that way. But I had to learn how to speak it the way she does it. Um, touch closeness. That's another one that that's, was high for me and low for her. I was like, uh, you're so beautiful. Give me a kiss. And she's like, leave me alone. And so, and, uh, and so um, but gifts, gift giving was one that was high for her and low for me. I was like, she would want to do like for birthday, she would want to like do this big stuff for the kids. And I'm like, man, give them a hug and tell them they're awesome. You know, give them a little gift or something. Quit spending our money on our... The young got to do all that. Man, she'd want to show love to one of her friends. And I was like, man, let their husband let their husband buy that stuff. You don't need to buy your friend a gift. Give them a hug. Tell them they're awesome. They'll be good. And so, well, that was my, those were my love languages. 
And so she wanted, she's like, oh, and it was never anything lavish, but it was just a little something that said, I'm thinking of you. I care about you. I, I went out of my way to get this thing for you. And so, and, and we, 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 we rubbed uh, and, and butted heads on that one. And then quality time. Quality time was is her number one, number one. And I can run my schedule way too thick, way too thick and mess everything up. And I would be telling her as I was going out for the third thing that day on a meeting or something, babe, I love you. You're amazing. And I'm shutting the door. And those words are blah, 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 clack. I don't want to be around you. That's all she heard. And I didn't know it until I knew it and realized I have to protect my schedule with her. I cannot run as hard as I maybe naturally would want to run. I have to protect my schedule. I have to be able to spend, have to spend time with her. And you need to be able to do that with the people closest in your life. In fact, the number one place where we express love, the big thing is a wedding. All five of these things are in full drive at a wedding. And so whether it's acts of service, man, somebody's gone in, decorated, made it beautiful. They're working behind the scenes. Somebody's cutting cake and making sure the punch is full and handling all that. If it's a full-on meal, there's people serving. And man, that, that, whoever's that is their love language. In that moment, they're just feeling so loved and appreciated. There's words of encouragement in the vows and just talking about our love and appreciation for one another and whatnot that, <clears throat> that's, that's taking place there. There's touch closeness. The couple stands together, holds holds hands. They're right near with one another. They seal the deal with a kiss, bless God. And so that's, that's my love language. And so it was, it was um, that's part of the moment. And then there's the exchanging of gifts with the rings. And, of course, the, the wedding gifts that the, that the different people bring. And then, of course, the quality time of having all your loved ones and everybody that you care about under one place and, and spending this extended time. And then, of course, the, the honeymoon and some whole more love language moments. And so with quality time and other stuff, Lord. And so, uh, and, uh, but it's that it, in our... We understand, and we just kind of pile it all on into these big moments. But folks, we don't live in these ginormous moments. We live in the everyday. And we need to learn how to bring these moments into the everyday. I love what Mark Twain once said. He said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. I'm a words of encouragement guy. I'll get you, Mark Twain. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I get it. The bottom line today is that when it comes to your relationships, the greatness depends on your gratefulness. The greatness of your relationships depends on your gratefulness for those relationships. And over and over and over again, we see in the scriptures, Paul kept saying, I'm so thankful for you. I thank God for you. I talk to God about you, and I'm just glad I know you. Said, I'm just glad I know you. I'm glad you're in my life. And folks, when we begin to get that right, so many other things begin to fall into line. If we can bring grace and peace everywhere we go, man, things are good. If we can begin to interact with one another as a family, man, things are good. If we can be thankful for one another, man, things are good. Things are good. 
There's a lot of richness in these little opening moments and closing moments of the epistles. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.